This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Well, I got to do this episode over again because Audacity has like little small files. They got hundreds of small files and my new laptop just automatically wants to delete them. And I think when I press delete, like it messes up the episode. So I'm like, God damn. And and now the thing is damaged and I can't edit it. So I'm like, God damn, bro. So I got to do this unedited. Hopefully ain't too much, too many mess ups and stuff. But anyway, let me stop playing. Dak Prescott. This Dak Prescott guy. I did not want to talk about his contract, but then he actually signed, and I just laughed. And I was like, "I actually, I'm torn. I'm torn." But initially, I laughed because anytime I see Dallas Cowboys spending a whole bunch of money, I'm like, "Okay, you're going to spend that much on one position? I mean, you got some holes on your team, and you didn't win the division last year. I know you didn't have Dak, but it's." Not like you were really doing anything with Dak. Uh, You didn't make the playoffs last year, even though you had a million yards of offense. And then, I was talking about in 2019, you remember the Eagles took that from you. Don't don't forget that. Then last year, you started off one and four with Dak. Now, you did get it together on defense. You did. It took you till November, pretty much. But you did get it together, but... You had a chance to make the playoffs because the NFCs was so bad, and you still choked. So I'm, I'm just looking at the entire team, and I'm like, does this help the entire team? And honestly, man, it might. It might. I mean, we'll see. I just know, I, you know, I was laughing because I was like, damn, they ain't going to have no money to pay everybody. And then I actually looked. At their contracts. And I'm like. And I see. I see. Every. All their stars. Locked up. Until 2024. Like everyone's there. Everyone's there. Uh, Lyle Collins is going to be there. Tyron Smith is going to be there. Jalen Smith's going to be there. Uh, Mari Cooper. Ezekiel Elliott. Dak Prescott. If the, all these guys perform and live up to their contract, they'll be signed to 2024. So these guys aren't going anywhere for a while. The thing is, though, are they going to perform? They're also going to have Trayvon Diggs. So, and I was like, oh, wow. And they got Zach Martin, too. I was like, oh, wow. They don't have a center. Oh, that's right. They drafted a center that the Eagles could have picked. Uh the guy from Utah. But we have Kelsey. We have Kelsey. He ain't going to be there long, but we have Kelsey. So, they they got their core locked up for a while. So, I guess they have plenty of money to go around. And, and somehow, some way, they still have cap space. They still have $4 million in cap space. They're going to have cap space next year and the year after. So, damn, they're not going to be in cap hell like the Eagles. But does it matter if they aren't winning? (laughs) 
the only reason Dak is signed to this long contract is because of the QB market. He is considered a fringe top 10 quarterback. So you have to pay him at least 30-something million dollars. You franchise tag him, it's 37 million, 35 million. You let him go on the open market, then you have to start over. You have to either draft a quarterback or get one of them free agents. And I'm looking at the free agents. I mean, Jameis Winston, Cam Newton. I mean, what are we doing? Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, come on. They don't believe in any of those guys. And if you draft a quarterback, you will probably have to move up. You probably have to draft higher. You probably have to trade up in the draft to get one of them guys because I think that four quarterbacks are going in the first round and the Cowboys pick at 10. So your options are limited. And Dak got them. People say this this deal should have been done two years ago, three years ago, just like the Zeke deal. But I'm just, I'm looking like you weren't sure about Dak two or three years ago. A lot of people were saying that he was barely a franchise quarterback, that he that the team revolved around Zeke, and that's how the team treated Dak, like the team revolved around Zeke. And that's why they paid Zeke so early and delayed that Dak Prescott contract. They should have paid him after that 8-8 eight and eight season where he threw for a bunch of yards, even though, you know, they uh, choked and lost to the Eagles, that's when you should have did the deal. It would have been a little bit cheaper. But now, inflation, a higher quarterback market, that Patrick Mahomes deal really hurt the Cowboys because now uh, Dak could get away with commanding money that's close to Patrick Mahomes, even though there's probably like six or seven quarterbacks better than Dak Prescott, maybe more. I'm... I can't even think of all the quarterbacks better than Dak Prescott. So off the bat, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Well, not Drew Brees anymore, but it was at the time last year, Drew Brees. Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. Um, Lamar Jackson, I don't know. Like He's a better passer than Lamar Jackson, but... As an overall player, I I don't know. Lamar Jackson has more accolades and his team winning more games, and he's a better runner. Uh, who else? I mean, <laughs> oh my God, this that that's pretty much it for now. I, I'm trying to think of the quarterbacks that are better than that, and 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 don't forget like people behind him like. Justin Herbert could be better than this guy soon. And uh, Josh Allen is arguably better than this guy right now. So I'm like, yo, he is, you can you can get away with putting him in the top 10. Because look, cause look, I'm struggling to come up with quarterbacks that are better than that Prescott. I'm struggling. So he's in that market to at least make thirty million. Like, it is what it is. He got his money. He, him and his agent 
played the system very well. They had the leverage. They got the money they wanted. Now it's just like, okay, the Cowboys got their core locked up, and they still have a little bit of cap room to fill in some holes with veterans and some rookies. But I'm like, if these guys don't perform or they're injury prone, y'all are screwed. <laughs> y'all are screwed. And I'm hoping they get in cap hell, but it doesn't look like they are. It's just that if their core don't perform and you struggle to beat my Eagles and the Redskins and, well, Washington sitcom and the Giants, <laughs> you're in trouble. And basically, Dak Prescott would be a modern version of Tony Romo. That's what I'm thinking is going to happen. Like, they're not going to get past the second round. And he's going to be a modern-day Tony Romo and not a Troy Aikman. But at best, he'll be somewhere in between Romo and Aikman, which means you'll at least make one conference championship and even a Super Bowl. That at, at best, because he ain't going to be better than Troy Aikman as far as, you know, winning Super Bowls and stuff. And they trying to, they're trying to build a similar type of team as they did in the 90s. You got your running back. You got Zeke. You got your receiver. You got Amari Cooper. You got another receiver, C.D. Lamb. Oh, you're going to have to pay him in about three or four years, too. Um Got your linebackers. You got Jalen Smith. You got your O-line. They got a nice little setup, but can they do it, though? Can they actually go out there and win games? Can they stay healthy? That is the issue. Because keep sleeping. Keep sleeping on the birds. Keep sleeping on Jalen Hurts, and you'll be in trouble. But if you don't sleep, you should you on paper you're more talented than the Eagles, Washington, and the Giants. So you should run with the division, but this is the Cowboys. Like Stephen A said, the accident waiting to happen, and I'm just waiting. Not injuries, but just lackluster play. Cause I don't want to wish injury on nobody. I'm just hoping that they just suck. <laughs> with Mike McCarthy, that might happen. Now, okay, they getting a new defensive coordinator. That was a big issue. So now we'll see if that changes anything as well. Dang. I spent like 10 minutes on this, man. <laughs> but, man, it, it, it's the big story of the day. I can't wait to see it. I mean, four years, $160 million, $126 million guaranteed, uh, $75 million signing bonus, and – only $22 million against the cap this year? Man, that's crazy. That's a lot of money. He's at least a $40 million cap hit from 2022 on. <laughs> These guys better hope there's some good. Because if not, mm, 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 mm. y'all ain't going to have all that cap space forever. You got to sign some folks. Because you got to keep up with the birds. You got to keep up with the rest of the NFC. So, <laughs> we'll see. Now, this All-Star weekend, though. Okay, I wasn't really hyped for it. I thought it shouldn't happen. It didn't make sense. People coming from wherever and coming together and 
possibly having a COVID outbreak. And then you got all these people coming from out of town into Atlanta just to party and go to concerts and stuff. Yet somehow no one tested positive on either all-star team. That is a blessing. And everything was good except the dunk contest. The three-point contest was amazing. Uh, it, it No, it had a great finish. Steph Curry and Mike Conley. Mike Conley pushed Steph Curry. When he got hot at the end and got the 27, I was like, uh-oh, Steph in trouble. And Steph Curry came out slow. But he lucky that they had them little Mountain Dew balls that was worth four points. Because if it wasn't for that, he would have lost. Because he was loafing. But he once again proved that he was the best shooter in the game, and he just he, he caught fire at the end. He quit playing. Once he quit playing, like me at the beginning of every episode, <laughs> it was on. It was over. Now, the skill contest was cool, and a big man won it again. That was really close, too. DeMontis Abonis and then Nikola Vucevic. They were neck and neck. They were neck and neck. They were on each other's head. Like shot for shot too at the end. And I think DeMontis Sabonis got a little nervous and started missing shots. And he got one to go in. And that's all you needed. Man, them guys was going at it. That It was a lot of fun. The dunk contest was a joke. I mean, I didn't see one dunk that was like, oh, wow. Just, just blew me away. It just, no. Even the Cassius Stanley dunk, everyone hyped. I was like, mm, nah. <laughs> I don't think it was a 44, but y'all just hyped it. Like, uh, I was, I had a hope for those guys. Everyone's saying they're no names. Anthony, Sim- uh, Anthony Simons, I kind of knew from 2K. So I knew he was on the Blazers. I only knew who he was because of 2K. And I've seen him play a little bit with the Blazers. Yeah, okay. Cassius Stanley, if you watch college basketball, he played with Duke. He he was on the Zion team. Like, come on. Like, what what are we doing? You don't know who Cassius Stanley is? It Maybe that's because he hasn't done anything in the NBA yet. All right, fair. Obi Toppin. He was Showtime at Dayton. And if the NCAA tournament didn't get canceled, he would have been box office. He would have been a hit. And Dayton maybe could have made it to the Final Four. Who knows? But it didn't happen because of the pandemic. You don't know who Obi Toppin is? Man, y'all wildin'. Those these were not no names, and I really was looking forward to seeing them prove the haters wrong. And then they didn't prove them wrong. They proved them right. Oh, my God. You got to be kidding. Oh, well, maybe next year. I'm sure the dunk contest will be better next year. Maybe one of them maybe one of them stars like a Zion Williamson or LeBron James looked at that dunk contest and was like, oh, nah, we got to save this thing because it's not going in the right direction. <laughs> hey, yo, but the all-star game itself was cool. That was fine. I like how they um I like how they been giving attention to HBCUs all season. 
even ones I don't really hear much about, like the Tennessee states and the um the Alabama states, man. I, I mean, all these places are cool, man. Like, I became a fan of Howard after resenting them in college, but I became a fan of them. They were cool because, you know, I still got to make that compilation of my Howard takes from 2020. That's coming out soon. Don't worry. That's coming out before the summer is over or before the summer starts. We'll see. But, yeah, I, you know, I really support them. And I just I just like the style and the flavor that HBCUs have. But they just some of them are just underfunded. A lot of them are actually. And I like the attention the NBA has been giving them. I like how Robert Covington wore the Tennessee State jersey. I like the kicks that Chris Paul wears. I haven't seen much Howard Love yet, but I'm sure it's been there. I just haven't paid attention. Of course, Hampton. I haven't seen much Delaware State Love. You know, that's that's where my dad went. That's where my sister went. So definitely that's always it's always been in my life, for sure. So they raise money for charities dealing with black college students and black colleges historically black colleges and that was pretty cool i like that the little quarter by quarter scoring i mean i guess man y'all y'all were gonna donate to these charities anyway so might as well just keep the thing the same and then at the end they did the elam ending and like what's the name like team lebron was fire all night Giannis was unstoppable Steph was unstoppable. Steph was just all night. Three-pointers, three-point contests, the game. It was just its too easy. It's practice. It makes me want to just go out there and shoot like a thousand threes just to get like him. <laughs> it's the Dame Lillard, too. Dame Lillard caught fire. He had 32 points. He could have easily won MVP, especially with a logo three at the end of the game. And you just point to your wrist because you know it's Dame time. When you see that, you know it's Dame time. <laughs> you already know. <laughs> it's Dame time. Oh, my God. Man, that game was fire. LeBron didn't really play. I think he tweaked something. It's fine, man. We need LeBron for the stretch run, especially when Anthony Davis come back or as some of the kids like to call him, a Disney, <laughs> you know, A Disney and LeBron James, LaMickey, they gotta, they gotta come back and, and give him another Mickey Mouse beatdown, but we'll see. <laughs> hey yo, hey yo, that's, <laughs> that's too funny, bro. Oh my god. Oh man, but anyway. Heck of a weekend. Well, it it was all in one day. It'll probably go back to being a weekend next year. It was fun, and hopefully the dunk contest is better next year. Oh, and the jerseys were fire, too. I got to get me a Bradley Bill all-star jersey. Now, speaking of Bradley Bill, the Wizards, second half of the season, big expectations. They're playing well. They played well going into the break. Coming out of the break, you got Memphis, who you just lost to. You gotta beat. You gotta beat them. You gotta beat them. Eventually, you're gonna have to play the Lakers again, probably with Anthony Davis. But they gotta come here. 
You gotta beat them. You gotta you gotta get the Knicks back. The Knicks can't be better than you. No way. I mean, I'm looking at the standings, and bro, after four, after the Celtics at four, and even the Celtics are having a down year at 19 and 17. I'm not really afraid of anybody. The Heat having a down year, the Knicks will come back down to earth. The Hornets will come back down to earth. The Bulls, they're not that much better than you. I don't even think they're better than you. You got Westbrook. That gives you the edge right there. Indiana, okay, Indiana's going to make a comeback. The Hawks are probably going to make the comeback because Trey Young liked that and Nate McMillan, McMillan's running the show. Still, the, the still the Wizards could get to five or six at best. At, at worst, they should be 10th, but at best, five or six. And then, you know what I'm saying? You get one of them first-round opponents, you, you get a um, – you get a Brooklyn or Milwaukee, maybe you knock them off, and then you got to see Brooklyn, Milwaukee, or Philly in the second round. And I mean, you you played the Nets and the Sixers tough. Have no idea how you guard Giannis, but figure it out, especially in a playoff series. That's my high hopes for the Wizards, and I hope that they reach their potential and make the playoffs as a five or six seed. And it's certainly possible, especially in the East, where everyone has damn near 500 records. Like, what are we doing? I don't expect the Knicks to stay at fifth place. Like, come on. Like, like what are we doing? I don't expect the Hornets to stay in seventh. We can catch these guys. Oh, yeah, I I was talking about the East. That's pretty much the East. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. But the MVP race is still Jokic in first because he's averaging damn near a triple-double, and and their team has got a pretty good position in the West. They're like, they're definitely top eight. Uh, Embiid, Embiid is third, and this is on basketball reference. And then James Harden is second. Like, Embiid, best player on the best team in the league or the second best team in the league, of course. He's averaging like 29-11. Of course he's going to be up there. Giannis, always going to be there. LeBron's always going to be there. Uh, Dame Lillard's trying to creep up in there. If the Warriors win more games, Steph Curry's going to be in there. I want Bradley Bill to be up in there. He's averaging like 33 a game. And um, he's at sometimes he's carrying the Wizards, but the supporting cast is starting to come along. And if that happens, he'll be in there. If we can get over 500, they'll be there. I promise. He'll be there. They're 14 and 20. Getting over 500 isn't out of the realm of possibility especially the way they've been playing lately. I want to see Bradley Bill in the MVP race because he deserves to be in the MVP race. Y'all fronting. So, at the end of the day, it's probably going to be between Embiid and Jokic. They're just playing too well. 
Harden's going to fall back because Kyrie and Durant's going to come back and he's going to defer and he's going to pass off to them. He's going to have more assists and less points when they come back. So he's probably going to fall back. But he'll always be in it for sure. It it should be fun. But the way things have been going, Jokic looks like he's primed to win it. Especially if the Nuggets go on a run, which is possible. They have a very talented team. Even though they're not as good as the last two years. They still have a lot of talent on that team and can make some noise. Now, okay, real quick. Real quick, J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt. See, I was going to talk about what happened with the Wizards not too long ago, but whatever, you know. I'm I'm, going to look ahead. I'm not going to look at, you know, them losing to Memphis and and beating – all the other teams they they played around that time, but I have high hopes for the Wizards. <laughs> just 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 leave it at that. Just leave it at that. Now, J.J. Watt is with the Cardinals, and he said he believes in Kyler Murray. And as a Sooner fan, and I know other Sooner fans heard that, and I know they love it. He believes in Kyler Murray. We all believe in Kyler Murray because he liked that. And I'm interested to see how that goes. I'm interested to see why he turned down the Steelers, the Browns, the Bills, even maybe even the Titans. Whoever was in it, like, they were probably better teams. And the Packers. They were probably better teams. But what happened? Was it the money? Was it the fit? Was it the culture? I don't know. J.J. Watt was enjoying being recruited, and it showed. And so now he's with the Cardinals, and that's interesting because he's with Chandler Jones. So if those two can stay healthy, that's a hell of a pass rush. You, That's the team to play with on Madden next year. Kyler Murray on offense, DeAndre Hopkins as a receiver. On the outside, you still got Larry Fitzgerald. Who knows who they'll get at running back? Bruh, that's the team to play with. Christian Kurt is fast, too. I'm telling you right now, in a lot of Madden leagues and even online and and regular play, a lot of people going to play with them and win a ton of games. They already doing it now. Just imagine with J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones. What? And Buda Baker? Isaiah Simmons, that team loaded. It's just the problem is they're in a tough division. Seattle, L.A., San Francisco, anyone who anyone can come out of that. Anyone. Just poor Russell Wilson. Like, he got another pass rush duo he has to deal with. The whole division got elite D linemen. He in trouble. So I hope he learns how to get rid of the ball fast or use his legs and escape ability like Lamar Jackson or even a Jalen Hurts because he has to. Because if he don't, he's going to get punished. And he really going to be mad at the offensive line played in. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I like this move. 
it's interesting. And the Cardinals are a dark horse team once again. And I love it because Kyler Murray, you know, he's box office. That OU DNA. All right, now the Caps. I can't even keep I can't even uh keep track of the Capitals these days, man. Uh they beat the Bruins in overtime not too long ago, but then like 2 days later, they played the Bruins again. It was a close game until Tom Wilson bodied one of their defenders. They were already shorthanded on defense. And he just he hit him up high. When I saw the hit, I was like I mean, this ain't even that bad, but it's just the defender got knocked out of the game. He got concussed. He he got shaken up, and boy, the Bruins did not like that. When they came out of intermission, they already they was already throwing hands with this guy, and then another one of their captains came and fought him, and then they just went on a roll. They scored like four straight goals. And they were talking trash to Tom Wilson while they were doing it. I was like, damn, we didn't we didn't piss them off. <laughs> we pissed them off. They got mad. I understand, but I'm sure they I'm sure they be doing cheap shots and have questionable hits too. And but it's Tom Wilson. I guess you know it's bad. I see why people don't like him. I mean Sports Center did a whole montage of dirty and questionable Tom Wilson hits and he has been suspended a bunch of times I can't say too much about it because he's on my team so I know it's bad it looks bad it is bad but he's on my team and I I gotta ride out for him bro like I'd rather have him with us than against us so you know what I'm saying I can't be too mad at, at about it because you know He's a goon, and he's part of what makes the Capitals the Capitals. Now, I'm sorry about y'all players getting hurt and getting hit, but at the end of the day, they end up being okay, and and Tom Wilson does end up paying the price, whether on the ice or off the ice with suspension. So it's not like it goes unpunished. You know what I'm saying? So, But at the end of the day, I can't be too mad. But see, the Caps... The Caps are, once again, the cycle. What well, well, I'll tell you about the Caps cycle. The Caps cycle is like this. They start off really strong. They're running away from everybody. Then they go on a losing streak. Then they stumble and play mediocre hockey. Then they build themselves back up into a first seed or home ice contender. They get that home ice or the first seed or sometimes even the President's Cup. Then they lose in the first round. Or the second round. We're at the part of the cycle where they build themselves up to be a President's Cup first seed home ice contender. Here we go. That's part of the cycle. So we're almost in the home stretch where we get to the playoffs and then we choke. Hopefully the cycle is broken like it was in 2018. Or was it 17? It's 2018 where we won that Stanley Cup. Hopefully, because I don't want to see no more chokes on God. But, you know, Capitals doing all right. Other than that ugly loss to the Bruins, I mean, they beat the Bruins two nights before. 
They beat Philly. I'm glad they avenged that loss. They play Philly again. They play Philly again soon. On Thursday, they play the Devils tonight, who they've owned so far. Things are looking good. But I'm but I'm skeptical. I'm gonna be skeptical until the playoffs. I mean, that's just how I'm conditioned as a Caps fan. Unfortunately, it shouldn't be like that, and it could be a lot worse. But that's just what I'm always looking forward to, and that's what we always get during the OV era. I'm just keeping it real. But anyway, let me talk about the Washington Football Team. Okay, so they release Alex Smith. No-brainer, $25 million cap hit. Like, come on. $25 million cap hit for your third-string quarterback. Potentially third-string quarterback. That's – he has to go, period. Now, you can say they mutually agreed because Alex Smith didn't like the vibes he was getting from the coaches that, you know – that gave off vibes that he didn't want to be there or that they didn't want them there, that they didn't want him there. But it it, it just made sense financially. And, you know, Alex Smith isn't done, and he has a chance to prove himself somewhere else, and I hope it's Jacksonville. I hope he's behind Trevor Lawrence and can mentor him and, possibly step in if he gets hurt that'd be cool but you know if he wants to start again chicago new england um man you can compete for the job with jared goff because jared goff's kind of falling off um the broncos true lock they looking to move off from him you could go there and take that spot there's options if he still can you know, prove himself to be a starting quarterback. There are options out there for him and teams for him to go to where he can do that. He could even go back to San Fran. But you just got to see how it goes. He's not done, and it made sense for the Washington football team to let him go. The Washington sitcom is making some good, obvious moves. Because if they didn't, I mean, it's a sitcom. It's supposed to be a joke. So, <laughs> so if they didn't make these moves, I would have laughed. And then what would, what else would I be expecting? I mean, it's it's a comedy. <laughs> oh man, but they did right. I I completely understand. He's a great story, but you know he got replaced at the end of the season because he was hurt and he was immobile. So, and he he cost twenty five million dollars. He got to go. Also, the Washington football team is out of the Deshaun Watson trade sweepstakes. I'm guessing that they lost patience with that whole process. They they either assume that the Texans are going to keep Deshaun Watson or the Texans are asking for too much, and they probably are. They're probably asking for McLaurin, Young, and like three first-round picks. Uh, they they probably don't want to do all that. I mean, they they don't want to get, you know, trade annihilated. I, I'm using a better word. <laughs> using a better word for that. So, 
okay, a Washington football team doing some logical things. They're not being a joke. Dan Snyder's st- staying out the way. So <laughs> that works. And 1067 and fan, especially B Mitch and Finley, Finlay, whatever you want to say. They're going to keep talking about this quarterback thing until they actually decide what they're going to do at quarterback. Because the consensus around Washington sitcom is they have an all-world defense. All they need is a quarterback and to make their offense at least good, and they'll be a perennial playoff team. Yeah, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. You had a, a, a weak schedule last year. But this year, you already know. Green Bay, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, the Chargers, the Raiders. Boy, y'all in trouble. Y'all are in big trouble. Oh, my God. So, it's not going to be easy for you. And you got to play. Did I say Green Bay? In trouble. Y'all in trouble. And you got to fight through the division. (laughs) Oh, man. But now it's time for the Sooner Schooner. All right, I'm going to go through this quicker than I did the first time. Okay, basketball lost four straight, and the terrible part about that is they lost by five or less points in each of those games, and three of those games was to our hated rivals. That hurts. It sucks. And now they've played their way from the three line fringe two line in the NCAA tournament to now they are six. And if they lose to Iowa State, they might even be at eight. I don't think, come on, I don't think the committee would do us like that, put us at eight because we lost to Iowa State. But that would be that would be the worst loss of any major team in the tournament if we lost to Iowa State in the Big 12 tourney. It's possible. Because we only beat them by seven the first time at home. And we only beat them by ten the second time. That's a very dangerous game. Iowa State is pissed that they went 0-18 in a conference. And they only have two wins all season. That is not going to be an easy game. This is their la- This could be their last game. The tournament could be their last time their last chance to do anything this season and to get a win in what's been a horrible season. And we're sliding. We went from third in the Big 12 to seventh in a matter of like two weeks. So now we got to play Iowa State in a dangerous first-round game. Got to beat them. Got to beat them. If we beat them, we'll stay at six at least. And then we'll get to bolster our resume by potentially beating Kansas again or or West Virginia. Yeah, Kansas. Kansas is in second. We have a chance to beat Kansas. And then you have a chance to potentially beat West Virginia again. And if we get a shot at the title against, I presume, to be Baylor or even Oklahoma State or Texas, that's that would be great. We get to avenge one of those losses and potentially win the tournament. If if Oklahoma wins the tournament, they're a number four seed. Cause right now Oklahoma State took our spot, took our four seed. We were for sure gonna be a four seed. And then 
just lost four straight all of a sudden, and now we're a six seed, and if we lose to Iowa State, we're going to be seven or eight for sure. Got to get it together, man. I'm, I'm worried, and it's not looking good. But the encouraging thing is they've been in every game except the Baylor game and the Xavier game. I don't understand that Xavier game because Xavier is on the bubble. But if they play Xavier now, they'd probably blow them out. And who knows, Xavier might be our first-round opponent. I hope so, because they got to they gotta catch these hands. They got to get this fade. <laughs> oh, my God. But watch out for OU in the tournament. Um, the women are on the bubble. They're in the Big 12 tournament. As well, this is a very important for them. See, this is much more important for them than men's basketball. I think men's basketball, they're in a tournament no matter what. They're in a tournament no matter what. But the women's basketball team, they're on the bubble. And they need to win bad. So, and I think they play uh, Oklahoma State. That is, that is important. You gotta be Oklahoma State. You gotta be okay. That's nineteen twenty. You gotta be Oklahoma State. You have to. They beat you twice. They're firmly in the tournament. They they not only beat you. They demolished you, twice. You gotta beat them. This is your chance. You beat them, that's a huge resume booster. And then you'll get West Virginia again, who you beat and can beat. So I don't see why you, why not? I don't see why not. See, I'm looking at it right now. OU is next four out. They're the next four out. So they're right there. They're right there. They're on the top of the next four out. Which means they could one day, I swear to God, one win away from being last four in. That's all you got to be is last four in. And boom, you're in tournament. And they're this close. They're so close. They can do it, bro. They can do it. I guess I know a lot of people don't believe in Sherry Cole, but this is the time. They beat Oklahoma State. They're in. Watch. Just watch. There are rivals. This is the perfect time to do it. Okay, softball is undefeated. They're annihilating people. I kind of think they got a Mickey Mouse schedule. But actually, it's it may not be as Mickey Mouse as I thought. They played Arizona State. They're ranked. They played Missouri. They're ranked. They beat Missouri which is good. I think they played them twice, and I think they beat them. They did. So OU softball is 17-0. and In most of their games, they're just annihilating people, and what the hell? They beat Missouri 11-0 the second game. Good Lord. That, that team's supposed to be ranked. Um, This team is a freight train. They still got a Mickey Mouse schedule in the middle of it. I mean, 
they got to play UT Arlington, Kansas City, Houston again. Houston kind of gave them a game last time, but they're probably going to annihilate them seeing them a third time. They got to play Liberty. They're going to kill them. Team Mexico, I mean, those are scrimmages. Iowa State, then the the schedule starts. Iowa State got a better team this year. Should kill Kansas, should kill Wichita State. Baylor got a tough team. Texas got a tough team. Georgia got a tough team. I guess Texas Tech is all right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Mickey Mouse. It's Mickey Mouse after that. And then you got Oklahoma State. That's going to be a hell of a series. They're going to give us some wreck. They're going to give us that work. But I think OU wins at least two, maybe three. How many good Oklahoma State teams have come by the past decade and OU still sweeps them? Could be like that again. Um, OU baseball is like 500. I haven't watched too much of them, but they had a walk-off versus Auburn. They beat – they lost to Texas A&M, which sucks. But, I mean, it is what it is. They took their annual loss to Dallas Baptist. They've been losing to them since I was in school. They they could never beat Dallas Baptist for whatever reason. They killed Missouri. They lost to Arizona twice. Uh, okay. They're okay, I guess. I mean, I got to keep watching them, see if they get any better. That's that's it. <laughs> Real talk. Now, off the Sooner Schooner. Now, let's get into March Madness. All right, real quick. So, okay. UNC Greensboro won last night. I listened to that on the radio. They avenged last season. They're a pretty good team in that league. I got to look at the highlights and see who's good on that team, who's not. Wintroff won in the Big South. They're like 23-1. and They might be a dangerous team in the tournament. You know, I think they made a run like 10, 15 years ago. I, I may be misremembering, but I remember when they beat Tennessee and they made it, I think they made it to the second round or maybe the Sweet 16. So I remember them. Like, they got a solid program. Uh, The Horizon League Championship is tonight. And, you know, that's been a crazy tournament. I was watching a little bit of Cleveland State versus uh, – Damn, forgot who, <laughs> forgot who they was playing. But whoever whoever Cleveland State was playing, um, that was that was a close game. I'm just all right, all right, I got it up right now. Yeah, Cleveland State with Milwaukee and Milwaukee had control of that game most of the game from what I saw. I guess when I left the house, Cleveland State stopped playing and took the lead and won the game. But then uh, Oakland beat Northern Kentucky, so now it's going to be Cleveland State versus Oakland tonight. I'm very interested in that, but I probably ain't going to watch it. Who knows? I I might. We'll we'll see. I'm interested to see who comes out of that. Uh, Loyola Chicago won, won the Missouri Valley. They're another team that got a crazy record. So, yeah, look out for these Cinderella's, man. Like, some of them are, like, battle-tested. 
And ooh, I want to see what Elon does in their tournament. They're an eighth seed, and I want to see what what they do. See if they can make the tournament. Um, they're in North Carolina. The only reason I know who Elon is is because they're in Carolina, and my dad almost went there. So that's the only reason I know about them. They play against Drexel in the – I think this is the – what conference is this? I think this uh, is the Colonial. Yeah, it's the Colonial. And they play against Drexel tonight. They upset James Madison, and they destroyed Hofstra. Drexel is a freaking sixth seed. You got a sixth seed versus an eighth seed. These people are probably going to be first day Dayton. Not Well, I don't think you play to play in games in Dayton anymore. I think they're going to play it in Indy this year. They're going to be playing game candidates. I mean, they're in a mid-major conference, and – one team's ten and seven, one team is nine and eight. Like, they're gonna be very low seats. But I'm interested to see who wins and I'm rooting for Elon, even though Drexel's in Philly. But I'm rooting for Elon. I hope they win. Uh we'll see. Uh Illinois is probably gonna be a one seed. Michigan's probably gonna be a one seed, even though they lost to Michigan State. I they killed Michigan State in Ann Arbor. I should have known the evil genius named Tom Izzo wasn't going to let that slide and was going to come back and have his team ready to go in East Lansing against their hated rivals, and they came to play. And it looks like Michigan State has done just enough to get into the tournament. They beat Michigan. They beat Illinois. They got some good wins. I think they beat Ohio State. So they got some good wins under their belt, and they're going to be in the tournament. And they could be a sleeper pick to at least make the Sweet 16. It's Tom Izzo, man. You can't count him out. He's a legendary coach. He has something up his sleeve. So we might be in trouble. We better get Michigan State now before they get Amani Bailey. Because when they get Amani Bailey, they might make a Syracuse Carmelo Anthony type run. <laughs> oh my god I'm, I'm just saying No it's not Imani Bailey It's Imani Bates I'm telling you this kid is nice And he committed to Michigan State But the way these G League Leagues are popping up And the The overtime league He might change his mind And go to one of them leagues and play professionally But as of now he's going to Michigan State And when he get there could be trouble but March Madness is heating up and I'm, I'm excited I can't wait to fill out brackets but now it's time for the hypothetical game of the episode in honor of one of my favorite shows the all-american I had to make another mini tournament I combined my world and their world so on one side of the bracket we got the Beverly Hills High Eagles and the Good Council Falcons from 2009. And on the other side, you got South, South Crenshaw High versus 2009 McNamara. 
this should be interesting. The setting is in beautiful Montego Bay, Jamaica. Everyone's at the same resort having fun. But at the end of the day, football has to be played. So I'm going to get right into it. So Beverly Hills High, you know their key players. Jordan Baker, the quarterback. J.J., the knockoff Gronk tight end quarterback guy. Uh, Asher, the main receiver who is struggling to get on the field his senior year, had to work hard as hell to get on the field because Coach Montez wasn't rocking. And then, you know, Coach Montez, the uh, the lady coach, the female Bill Belichick, you know, that's Beverly Hills High pretty much. That's their key players. So 2009 good counsel, however, Stephon Diggs went to Maryland, played for the Vikings. I think he's all pro this year with the Bills. He's the main character, obviously. Wes Brown went to Maryland, did okay. Lewis Young went to Georgia Tech, did good. Kind of fizzled out in the NFL. Troy Gloster went to West Virginia, disappeared. I don't know what happened to him. Blake Countess, another DB, went to Auburn, and he went in the NFL. I don't know what he's doing now. Frank Tamlico went to Wisconsin, then William & Mary. I haven't heard from him since. Mike Natoli, Vincent Crotch that went to or crochet I don't I don't know how to say his name I mean I played against him but I don't know his name like that he was a tight end slash D lineman he went to Virginia another D1 guy Zach Dantel he went D1 I forgot what school he went to Bob Malloy legendary Montgomery County coach uh, he went to Springbrook I think I mean he, he coached Springbrook for a while or was it Sherwood, one of them damn Montgomery County public schools. Then he went to freaking good counsel. Couldn't beat the math for a while. Then he won four titles in a row. Cool. Their team's loaded. <laughs> and there's probably people I left out like Chris Pittsenberger. I don't know where he went, but he was he was a hell of a linebacker. We couldn't block him. <laughs> So here we go. So Beverly High defers, and good counsel gets the ball. So they automatically drive down the field. Wes Brown had a long 40-yard run. And Zach Dansel hit a slant to Lewis Young for a touchdown. 7 nothing. 2009 good counsel. Then, soon as Beverly High gets on offense, Troy Gloster, first play. Rip moves the tackle, gets around him, and sacks, sack and fumble on Jordan Baker. And Pittsenberger, the linebacker, picks it up, scores a touchdown, and now it's 14 nothing good counsel. Just like that, seven minutes ago in the first quarter. So then Beverly Hills High finally gets it going. Jordan Baker passes it to J.J. for a first down. Up the seam in good counsel territory, but then Jordan is picked off by Blake Countess, and Blake Countess runs it all the way to the Beverly Hills high three. And Mike Natoli punches it in 21 nothing first quarter. 
I think Beverly Hills High should pass the sticks now. But they're not. They're going to stay in it. So Beverly Hills High gets a drive going to end the first quarter. And then and then Asher catches a 30-yard corner route for a touchdown after Jordan evades Troy Gloster and Vincent Croach again. And he and that happened to be his only catch of the game. It was a touchdown. He was locked down by that crazy secondary. 21-7, 2009, good counsel. So good counsel goes three and out. They're slowing down. But then Beverly Hills returns the punt to the good counsel 45. But then Jordan throws a pick to Lewis Young near the end zone, and he – gets tackled at the 35. But then good counsel answers right away. 65-yard touchdown to Stephon Diggs, 28-7. Beverly Hills high three and out. Then Stephon Diggs takes it 54 yards to the house on a screen. 35-7, 2009 good counsel at halftime. But Beverly Hills high get, comes out firing. A few runs and a short pass, and then Jordan Jordan Baker hits J.J. for a long pass. They're in good counsel territory, but Jordan Baker throws another pick to Frank Tamlico. I'm probably saying all their names wrong. <laughs> but after that, he gets benched. Wes Brown scores a long touchdown run and it's 42-7 good counsel adds another field goal later in the third quarter they run the clock and good counsel wins 45-7 West Brown rushed for 200 yards Stephon Diggs had 170 yards receiving with two touchdowns Jordan Baker was 13 for 30 134 yards one touchdown three picks Zach Dantle was 13 for 15, 275 yards, three touchdowns. Troy Gloster had three sacks, a forced fumble, and eight tackles. He's the outside linebacker DN type. So there you go. Hypothetical game of the episode, mini tournament, part one, goes to 2009 Good Counsel. The next show, it'll be South Crenshaw versus 2009 McNamara. My team. So there you go. It's a hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode. And I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money. Remember that it's always good when the cap shake the devil off. <laughs>